Welcome to the Rise Up Kings podcast, where you'll hear from the pros who've built business empires without sacrificing their faith, family, or fitness. The host, Skylar Lewis, has built multiple multi-million dollar companies, is an author, speaker, and founder of the three-day Rise Up Kings experience. It's time to rise up to your God-given potential and create a life of liberty, abundance, and impact. To learn more about Rise Up Kings, go to riseupkings.com. Don't forget to subscribe. All right, I'd like to introduce our next guest, Scott Ampringham. He's a, he's a man that I've actually known for a few years, a uh, very inspiring individual. He owns Ampringham Media Group and uh, is just a, a very successful faith-based uh, entrepreneur that really cares about family and making a difference in people's lives. And he's helped tons of businesses from small to large on their social media and just overall a good human being. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Skylar. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm grateful that you're here. We, we, we shot an episode a couple years ago, right, when I was first launching Rise Up Kings. It didn't uh, end up getting uploaded, and I've been waiting to, to get this episode recorded. And so I'm grateful that you're down to – I know you're super busy, but that you're down to be uh, on the show. And so I'd love to, I'd love to start out um, – you have, you have a pretty um, interesting story, man, an inspiring story, like – we all hit these these times in our lives where uh, life happens, right? The storm hits, and the storm hit for you uh, a couple of years ago. And so, I'd I'd love I'd love if you wouldn't mind opening up, like, just sharing a little bit about your journey. And and I think as as our listeners are hearing this journey, right, they might be able to resonate because we've all been through tough times. But I think yours uh, your comebacks just just pretty pretty powerful. So what what. At what point do you feel you were at a low in your life and kind of what happened with that? Yeah. Um, th- uh, for me, it was a really interesting thing. I'm in Las Vegas and I'm accepting another award on behalf of my company, social media. We're representing some of the biggest companies on the planet. Life is good. 20 years, dreams fulfilled. Revenue is skyrocketing. Life is fantastic. And like you mentioned, sometimes a storm hits when you least expect it. So I'm on stage and I'm accepting these awards and we swept every major social media award you could possibly want. Monday, when I'm back in the office, I go back to the office feeling like a conquering hero. I open the door to my office and I see all 40 of my employees by my receptionist desk. A couple of them are crying and I ask them, you know, what's going on? They said, Scott, have you checked your email? Now I'm feeling fantastic. I go back to my office, flip up on my laptop, and there it is. Two of my largest customers have just lost their business, which means I lost my business. What was worse was about 30 days before that, I'd taken out a line of credit uh, for half a million dollars to fund all the growth that we were experiencing. And so my stomach sank because in that moment, I realized not only did my, my employees not know the extent of what happened, but I was in even worse trouble. And within two weeks, Skylar, the entire business, I shut the entire business down. I lost all my customers, all my clients, closed the office, the employees, 10 million in revenue evaporated. And now I got half a million dollars in debt hanging over my head with about 90 days to pay it back. So it was devastating and it was an all all new low and it all happened very, very quickly. And and you had been working. uh, When did you start that business again? Oh, gosh. In like 1998, 1999. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So So you had it almost... Well, yep, 20 years, right? Just gone. Gone. 
like that, right? We, like we, that. we all hope that would never happen, but in reality, like these, these things happen. And, and so you, you were at this place, right? Where the business is shut down. I actually remember walking over to your office as you were, right. You were finishing out the, the, the lease and there was, I think you were moving some of the equipment out of there. It was kind yeah. of a while. Cause you had a beautiful office, beautiful office, beautiful office. And I saw the, the, um, right. It was empty. It was empty. Yeah. On my last day, Skylar, I left with my phone and I had my laptop tucked under my arm. And the attorney said, I'm sorry, you can't leave here with the uh, the laptop. It's considered an asset of the business. And all your customers are also considered assets of the business. So when I walked out of there, my daughter was there. My son was there. And I was just, I felt gutted like a fish. And I handed over my laptop and I left literally with my phone. I walked out with my phone and... um my pride somewhere sitting on the ground as well. And just devastated, just devastated. And that was it. That was it. And a 90 day ticker basically saying, if I can't figure out a way to start paying it back, uh, I was going to also lose my house, you know, on top of, on top of all that, you, you know, this is uh, uh, also was going through a divorce at the time. So it felt like my entire world was just coming apart. What, uh, what do you think led to this? I mean, if was there anything that you would have done differently? Like looking back, like what were a couple of the lessons? And I, I'd love to, I want, we're going to fast forward through that story and kind of where you are now, but uh, what, what were a couple of key lessons that you pulled away? The number, the number one lesson was ownership. It was taking ownership, total ownership of my life. And, um, you know, to that point, I blamed, I blamed my employees for being entitled. I blamed my partner for, um, for his lack of contribution. I blame my wife for all kinds of things. And I wasn't stepping up. Now, at the time, if you told me that was what my problem was, I would have told you you were crazy. I was owning everything. But, um, you know, what do they say? A broken heart and a contrite spirit is a great place to start. And so that literally broke me. And I had to take a hard look at some of the things I'd really been doing or not doing. I didn't take ownership of my business all the way. Uh, my finances, I really should have been planning them out. I didn't take ownership of my relationship with my partner. I didn't take ownership of the relationship with my wife at the time. Um, I was doing what everyone probably would have expected, but in my heart of hearts, I knew I wasn't really, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that I was totally on it because I was really caught up in blame. Afterwards, I've looked back on it. And, and since then, I've learned two things. Number one is I didn't own everything I really should have owned. And two, I was making a lot of unforced errors, meaning I was the cause of a lot of my problems. I just didn't know it at the time, even small things or medium sized things like alcohol. I don't drink anymore, but that was something that was blurring. That was something that was creating unforced errors in my life that were small and would sometimes get magnified. So mm -hmm. ownership was really for me a big thing. And now I, gosh, I, I still make a lot of mistakes, but I don't, I don't make some of the same mistakes. If you were to look back on that whole experience, like would would you would you redo it the same way, or what what would you what would you change? Like, how do you see that experience? I mean, I don't know if you've thought about this at all, right? And, and I'm trying not to ask questions that are right surface level. Uh, I want to try to dig into you a little bit to to see, like, looking back, would you have shifted that that business challenge and the collapse of that business uh, because you, I believe you're a, you're a different human being? So sh share with me your thoughts on that. Are you interested in on the, on the personal side or on the business the side? Business, or the matter? business side. The, the business, business okay. side. Okay. Yeah. On the business side, 100%, I would have aggressively diversified outside of the automotive, auto, automotive space. 
I had all of my eggs in the automotive space. And when two of my largest customers got mm-hmm. fired from their car company clients, that was like an 80% hit overnight, coupled with some of the other challenges that were going on. But that was one of them. Um, I would have aggressively- on that, note, on that note, Scott, for the people that are listening, right? It's such a huge lesson to not to 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 make sure that you are diversified right so many people rely a lot of, a lot of CEOs that are listening to this are relying on one large account or two or three large accounts and if they lo- lost one of those three uh it makes up right 30% of their revenue they they would be in a very bad position and so everybody hopes they don't lose those accounts but what are we doing to really diversify and so i i hope that story resonates with the audience because it's time if you're holding on to these couple of key accounts like you have to start you don't have to reduce them necessarily go find other accounts go 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 reduce the the weight of that account so by increasing the weight of other accounts right so a a a, a rule of thumb that i have is right keeping it in the 10 to 15 percent range maximum like we want one key account, like we got to keep it under 15% of our total revenue. Otherwise, we're in a high risk uh, position if it's above that. And when we do, like we've done multiple acquisitions and when we go into companies and we're setting them up, we want to make sure that there's not there's not a single source of revenue that's above that. If there is, it's less valuable to us because it's, it's just high risk. So that's it. That's an, an amazing, amazing lesson I'm sure you'll have for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and along the same lines, you might remember this as well. I remember Tony Robbins at Business Mastery has a saying, and I'm going to, it's not exactly right, but he, uh, I'm not going to remember it perfectly. But basically what he says is, as an entrepreneur, one of your tasks is to run the business you have well while you're creating the business you want. And so for me, success led to failure in that money was pouring in. I mean, we hit 1 million, 3 million, 5 million, 10 million, and success for me bred a little bit of overconfidence. And I thought, well, why would I go after a bunch of other stuff? It's raining. It's We're killing it right now. And what I didn't do is aggressively pursue the business I wanted, which ironically is something I do now more than ever, which is help small businesses while I'm picking up new automotive business again. So I'm diversified significantly now helping hundreds of small businesses while I'm also picking up larger accounts in a much better position than I am now, ironically, than I was then. Love it. So she'll share with you. So, so you, you walked out of the office, right? You left with your cell phone in hand. You didn't even get to keep your laptop. That, that would be a, an awkward and very right, depressing moment. Uh, and so you walk out, your kids, your kids are, are, are there, right? Uh, yep. or, or present at, at some point in that. And so they're like, wh- where, where do you go from here? What's the journey look like? Like, so you hit rock bottom, right? Yep. Uh, somewhere around that point. Now, now what? Yeah, uh, two or three things happened. Number one is I was fortunate, smart enough, lucky enough, or dumb enough to immediately start another company without even knowing exactly what I was going to do. I started Empering Media that day with my daughter sitting on my lap. She said to me, Dad, what are you going to do? Because she was in my office while I was shutting down and she'd walked in the door and I was crying in my office. And when she walked in, I opened the door or she opened the door, she came in and she said, are you crying? I said, yeah, but these are happy tears. We're starting something new. Totally full of it. And she said, great. What are we going to do? I said, we're going to start another company. So I started Empering Media that day. I made a post on Facebook, Instagram, started a new account. And that was my first post. So that was something that I think in hindsight was really smart to just start to create momentum 
take a step out in faith, take a step out and say, somehow the answers are going to appear. Somehow I'm going to be able to rebuild. Um, the second thing that happened was one morning I'm out on a run. And by the way, I spent probably the first 30 days, Skylar, just looking up at the ceiling here in my house, wondering what I was going to do. How was I going to turn it around? I mean, it's one thing to have faith and take one action, but then to build a plan and everything, it's a whole other, whole other thing. About two weeks go by and I hadn't done anything. I went out on a run and while I'm on the run, it hits me. Wait a second. I specialize in getting customers with, so- with social media for some of the biggest companies on the planet. If I could do for me what I did for them, I could turn this thing around. So I ran home. I wrote down my plan. I decided the tools I was going to use and I started taking action. I did one of the thing that is probably um, crazy, but also a little bit smart is I posted the truth on my Facebook page, on my Instagram account. There's a picture wow. of me starting over wedged between like the following Monday. My dad said, once you come into the office, I went from this 5,000 square foot office to wedged between two filing cabinets, the hot sauce and the soy sauce, no desk. I bought a, I bought a laptop with a computer or with that, with my credit card. It's on my lap. It's one of my favorite pictures. I showed it in my workshop. There's a picture that my sister took. I'm in between two filing cabinets, the soy sauce and the hot sauce with my laptop on my lap. And I posted that on social media and said, I'm back. I'm moving forward. I've got a plan. I'm going to show everybody that I'm going to show exactly what to do if you lost everything. And I just was completely transparent about it on social media. Now, part of me wondered if this was the biggest mistake I was ever going to make or somehow I was going to pull it out. But I put myself on the line and I held myself accountable. And in 88 days, I walked in with a check to the bank paying off half a million dollar loan. Now I was still broke, but I paid the bank and something happened. I got some momentum when that happened. And I had the confidence at that moment. And I started to think, you know what? I can turn this thing around. There is a possibility for me. But I posted that picture. And it's one of my favorite pictures I showed in my workshops of just, you know, that that moment when I was there in, the, in between the filing cabinets, literally two filing cabinets like this in the corner of the office. Yeah, I, lo- I love those stories. So people that I was listening to, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, he was on one of the videos that I was watching. And he talks about what he loves more than a success story is a guy that F's it all up and then creates success after. <laughs> yeah. Like he loves the the hero story, right? That journey. And so it's it's inspiring. I remember when I was sitting on, uh, I had lost everything, kind of similar, right? I had lost everything, filed bankruptcy. I was living on my friend Nick's couch. Nick, if you're watching this, thank you for that couch, brother. Uh, I was in his, it was, it was at his parents' house, actually. So I was on the couch. I was on the second story. I was just looking up at the ceiling uh, on the sofa at night. He let me sleep on the sofa and, and uh, just looking up at the ceiling, like wondering, how, A, how did I get here? Like, this is a freaking mess. And then B, like, what's, like, I thought life was supposed to be, like, I thought I, I was going to be the successful guy, right? Like, I just yeah. envisioned my life as being this, the, the guy that was going to be successful because I had grew up poorer. And uh, and I was just sitting there, was wondering. And so it, it was, uh, that was, that was a rock bottom for me. Uh, I actually don't share this story uh, often, but uh yeah, there, there was a point where I actually walked in to a casino and I had thought, actually, I don't know if I've ever shared this publicly, but I, I had considered uh, watching somebody walk out and trying to take some of their chips and their winnings oh. from like, a, like my mind had just gotten so far down where I had considered like, cool, that was extra money they had. They don't really need it. You know, maybe right. I'm going to do something stupid and right, try to try to take that. And so that, that was rock bottom for me. 
yeah. and the journey, man, it's, it's all a mindset. It's all a mindset game, right? Everything. And so just what resonates with me with that story is you, you shifted your mindset, something inside you, the warrior mindset. And I see that boxing, right? Multiple, right? You're all about the warrior mindset. The warrior mindset shifted for you and hit home and said, F it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go step in the ring and I'm going to conquer my fears and go create success and, and take my life back. Right. And yeah. so that triggered in you. And then when, when we commit, when we go all in and just decide to commit, like life happens for us, not to us. And so that's what happened to me. I decided I recommitted on, Hey, I'm, I'm shifting. I'm changing my life. I'm no longer going to be the victim. I'm going to take complete responsibility. And if that's true, I'm going to be the warrior in my life, the hero and I'm committing to giving it all and to stepping in the ring and to get beat up and to take the chances and take the risk, right? Because you could have gone and got a job. Yeah. You could have gone and just said, you know what? Maybe that wasn't for me. Yeah. You, you stood up and said, cool, game on. I'm putting the gloves on. I'm taking the risk. I could get knocked out again, right. but it's worth it. I'm a, I'm a warrior. Yes. And interestingly enough, I totally forgot about that, Skylar, but you're right. While I was in that process, I got a call from another agency saying, hey, would you like a job? You could be the CEO of this other digital marketing agency. And it was really tempting. And I remember going back to my entrepreneur group and talking about that. We actually sat down. I sat down with seven other entrepreneurs and told them, hey, I've got option A or option B. And they didn't give me any advice, but they asked me a series of questions. You know, um, And there were questions around what, what really drives me. What, what am I going to do uh, when I wake up in the morning? What's going to really excite me? What's going to be something really interesting to me? And as we went through some of these questions, it became really clear. I wanted to stay the course and continue on. There was safety and there was the adventure. There was the call of the wild. There was the call of the adventure. And something in there was compelling enough where I said, now that's, that's where I really need to be. That's where I want to be. And I'm going to pursue that. And putting myself on the line and keeping myself accountable was everything. Because there was days candidly, when I would wake up and I'd think, I don't know how this is all going to come together. I have no idea how it's going to come together, but I'm going to work the plan. I'm going to continue using the tools that I'm using and continue to make incremental progress. And sometimes it was just one inch a day. And sometimes it didn't feel like anything happened today, but I just kept at it, kept at it and things started to break. What were some of the tools that were you were using to stay on track, to stay afloat right during the grind? Because there may be people listening to this that are grinding it out right now that are just totally in the zone, trying to make it happen. Maybe it's a new startup or maybe their business is struggling right now. Like what were some of the tools, maybe daily habits or disciplines that that you feel really served you? Yeah. Um, one is I wrote a contract out. I had my kids sign it. It's right from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And it was, um, I, I know that I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself. It's like on page 100 of Think and Grow Rich and it's affirmation. I wrote it down. I wrote exactly how much money I was going to make. I wrote exactly what time I was going to wake up every morning. I created a recipe for me that said, if I get up at this time, 3.30 in the morning, five days a week, if I work out, if I do my mindset stuff from 3.30 to 4.30, if I do my exercise from 4.30 to 5.30, if I work on my business from 5.30 to 7.30 before my kids get up, who's, who's going to stop me at that time? Nobody's, nobody's up that early. So I controlled that. I created that recipe. I wrote that down with the help of a couple of my accountability partners because I was making excuses. Well, I'm a single dad. I can't possibly feed them breakfast and do all these things. And by the way, I got to pick them up at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I've got all these great excuses why I can't do certain things. And I had a friend say, we'll get up at 3.30. And I went, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, let's try it. 
I did that. I wrote it down. My kids signed it. I have it literally right there on my little nightstand where I read in the morning. I read it every day and I would start messaging some of the other guys in my entrepreneur group that would get up at 3.30 every morning at WhatsApp. Boom. I'd hit them up in the morning, say, let's go. 4.30, I'd get ready. 5.30, I'm part of an entrepreneur group on, on, um, on Zoom. We have a Zoom call every morning from 5.30 to 7.30. I was there this morning working on the number one thing in my business. So by 7.30, I've rocked and rolled. No matter what happens during that day, I've already gotten some of the main things accomplished. That was a key thing for me. That early to bed, early to bed, early to rise, knocking it out before anybody gets up. Mm, and then five so days good. a week, 10 days, just 10 days. Now I've locked in 20 hours of working on my business before anybody gets up on my main thing. That was a game changer for me. That was a total game changer for me. Do you operate off the one thing? One of my favorite books is The One Thing by Gary Keller, right? The founder of yeah. Keller Williams Realty and just epic book. And so we we teach that at Rise Up Kings, right? The one thing. Hey, what's the what's the one most important thing that if you accomplish this would make everything easier and unnecessary in your life? Uh, so it sounds like the main thing you're using that some of that verbiage. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Phenomenal book. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping the main thing, the main thing. And part of that was also when I hit rock bottom, I don't know if now's the time to talk about it, but I do, I do know as I started to climb back up, I realized that if I was going to create wealth or abundance, I needed to have a strong foundation. So for me, one day praying, it was a hundred percent clear. I wanted to go get baptized. I wanted to turn my life over to Christ. I wanted to make big changes because I knew that whatever abundance I could create, if my foundation was still as flawed as it was, I was doomed to repeat the, repeat the past. And gosh, mm. I'm not perfect at all, but but that was a big decision where I said, I'm making that change. I'm going to be public about it and I'm going to share it with my family, share it with my kids. My kids were baptized in October and they followed it. It's like, it gets me choked up now to think about the new direction in our life. And you and your wife created these amazing books that were part of that journey. The morning journals, those journals that they do, that actually started it before they got baptized they went through that. And I would have them sit down and we'd read scripture together and they would do those journals. You know, that was huge. That's cool. I love, I love those pictures that I, we don't ever share that we even have. We have a, my wife created a, a, for the people listening, a, a, a series of kids journals and it's, it's kids journals.com. And they're really cool. They have a, a, just devotions in there, prayers in there, really, really neat. And so you used to send it, you used to send us pictures all the time out of the kids reading those. Like Jessica loved that to be able to get children to really start to have a relationship with Christ through daily prayer yeah. and through reading the verse and through journaling, practicing really journaling. Uh, yeah. So powerful because we teach that to, you know, hundreds, almost thousands of guys how to journal and how to how to do this. But to get your kids doing it when they're six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, like nothing, nothing like that. So I, I didn't realize that led to them really deepening their faith, too. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, dad was doing it. You know, the, uh, you know, the old saying, you know, don't do, do as I do say not as I do. No, I was leading and doing my own stuff, but that was a perfect vehicle or tool to put in their hands that made total sense to them. And then when I would read their journal entries about what did Christ teach here and how are you going to apply that today? And I'd hear like, I'd see my son, write, I'm going to share my toys with my sister, or I'm going to do this for my, I'm going to serve my brother in this way. And they said it in the most wonderful, beautiful kids terms. And it just, you know, it was the best. It was the best. It really made I, me. I love proud. hearing that. That's, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you made that hard transition and did you utilize some of the tools that, that we teach at Ruck, right? The four pillars, faith, family, fitness, and finances, right? Develop, working on having a, a great morning routine, investing in your uh, in your kids' lives daily, investing in your health daily, uh, reading the script, reading scriptures daily, praying daily. So all these things, you really, the one thing, right? Our, our fourth pillar is finance. And the one thing is a part of our finance pillar, getting clear on your one thing for the day is a yeah. part of our actual pillar system. So you actually just laid out the whole, right? That worked for you to yeah. get you out. And, and it's probably still, uh, I'm imagining working for you to keep you consistent. It was interesting today. I was, I was, there's so many people that I've seen create success and then burn it to the ground, right? They've created yeah. success. They burn it to the ground. And as I'm thinking uh, about my life, I don't want to burn it to the ground, right? I've created yeah. a lot of good success, multiple companies. I don't want to sabotage that. And so yeah. how do I stay on fire long-term for the rest of my life? Yeah. And I look back to these four pillars. I'm like, these, if I, the reason I'm not having these crazy up and down swings that I see so many entrepreneurs, a lot of people that I coach, they have a lot of ups and downs. The reason I don't, my identity has changed to the point where I believe I'm that person that's disciplined. And I do these things daily, right? Reading da scripture daily, working out every single day. Like I'm doing these, if I do those four pillars for the rest of my life, I will have less drifting than the average man. That's right. It. I will have less ups and downs. I will go into depression or funks or anxiety less because I have such a solid rock solid foundation of daily disciplines that now are, are just who I am. And so like, as I'm on this journey thinking, I'm like, what am I going to do long-term to not sabotage? It's the four pillars. It's doing yeah. these things every single day for the rest of my life. And I can't let them slip long-term. Like I have to do these. And so that's been my journey is getting clear, clearer and clearer every day that I do them. Like this, th these are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, when I lose faith and I, and I do, I struggle, I struggle from time to time, um, sometimes more and sometimes less. And I try to remember that while I'm working on those pillars, no matter where I am at that moment, no matter what results I'm experiencing that moment, I'm far better off. If I compared me without those pillars yeah. versus me yeah. with working on those pillars, it's night and day. I'm still in a better place than if I abandoned one or all of those pillars. hundred yeah, percent. Because investing in them doesn't make you perfect, but it does right. create the foundation where at least you'll, you'll bounce off it. If you're, if yeah. you have, a, if you have some bad stuff happen in your life, you at least have this little foundation that keeps you on track. Yeah. Right. Again, it doesn't make you perfect, right? You're not going to be a, an automatic millionaire by doing the four pillars, but as you create success, these are, these, these ground you. They yeah. ground you. So I, I love that, that you, you did those along that journey. It's, it's uh, just so cool. Um, and what, what would you, so you're, 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 we're going to shift gears real quick. You're, you're a social media guru, right? One of the best social media marketers. I actually hired you when I, uh, uh, when I launched Rise of Kings to help us get our social media going and, and you were there along the journey when it was challenging and I was trying to figure out, am I worth it? Right. All the voices. Right. Who am I to be leading all of these men? Who am I to be right? The typical voice that that I think a lot of people feel when they're taking a big risk. Right. Yep. My, my motto has been recently the last couple of years is do something so big that it requires you to have faith in God, that God would have to mm. show up. 
that would be the only way it could, could be completed. So do something so big, God would have to meet you halfway. Otherwise, you would not be able to do it on your own. Like so, so many people play in their comfort zone. They play mm-hmm. in the arena where they know they're strong. So they never have to trust God. They never have, they, they don't take the risk that that would wipe them out. They take mm-hmm. a risk that's nice and safe where if they failed, it wouldn't hurt enough. But you never get to, you never get to feel God's, uh, you never get to see God show up in a very powerful way. And so that was my journey was launching Rise of Kings, right? And taking a risk so big. I'm like, dude, I'm putting myself out there. If this fails, it's going to be very embarrassing. Like I'm going to fully go all out on this. And God met me. And uh, it's it's the only reason it's been successful, I believe, is because God's been involved. And so on your journey, like what is, what is it like, what's your next level look like? Like, as I, as I like to ask this to people that I'm talking with, like, what would be, what would be a big risk for you? That would be something, uh, something that would be challenging. And then I want to come back to the social media side and how you kind of help me, but just thinking out loud, a fun little question. What's, what's, a, what's, what's your vision? What's, what's a big risk? Like where, what are you doing that, that, or what could you do that, that God would have to show up? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. That's a really inspiring thing that you said. And I'm, I'm letting that sink in, do something so big that it re- would require God's help, God's support, God's intervention and take a huge leap of faith. Um, you know, there's two things that come to mind for next year. I've got a goal of reaching a thousand businesses, reaching a thousand businesses because I loved and I love working with the Fords and the Chryslers and the Home Depots and the McDonald's. But few things make me feel as good as working with a small business and you come up with some ideas and you put things into practice and you see their business explode. And being able to do that at scale is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I've had the, I've had the unique good fortune to do that this year. And we've reached a couple hundred businesses. And so for next year, a thousand is the number we've got in our head. So I'm super excited about that. The second thing is- Yeah, that's doable though. I think you're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're, you're a hustler. You're, you're, you know how to put the work in and make things happen. So that's a, that's a given. I'm, a, I'm not going to let you slide with that one. What, uh, was, your, what was your second one? <laughs> wow. Well, then the next one, I don't know if I've gone far enough, is just to be on the, the Global Speaker Academy is uh, okay. to submit. Okay. I've got to submit some videos actually. So, so I went back to Cancun and here's kind of an interesting thing is, is um, where I am right now, it was really tempting to go into Cancun and leave my program. My program is 3.30 wake ups, et cetera. I'm in Cancun. It's dinner time and everybody's talking about going to tequila tasting and the boats are leaving and the bus is leaving. I bowed out. I headed back to my room. I got my work done. I got in, I got in and every morning I hit those workouts. I hit the 3.30 AM workouts and all that stuff. And I decided that I was going to put in the work. And what happened while I was in Cancun is these five speakers, these TEDx speakers tore apart my entire presentation. I mean, I thought I was in really good shape and they said, nope, here's where you need to be. They tore it apart. So now I've redone everything and it's much more focused on reaching that small business owner and showing them here's exactly where to start. Here's exactly what to say. And by the way, if you think you don't have time to create content in one hour, I'll show you how to create 12 weeks of content. And so I've basically taken all the best stuff and and put it into this. 
But the problem or the challenge was, how do I wrap that into a presentation that's super authentic, super real, and accessible for a small business person or a business owner? And so that's what I'm in the process of doing. So I would love to submit my stuff. I've got to do it by December 1st, submit it and get accepted to the Global Speaker Academy and invited all over the world to speak. That would be an honor, a privilege, and super, super exciting to me. Did you say December 1st? You mean in a couple yeah. of days? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm shooting later on this afternoon. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. Love it. That's exciting. That's an exciting journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's part, that's part of my vision also just do doing more. I love speaking, right? I love speaking. I love sharing words of wisdom and inspiring people. And so I, I'm, I'm on that same path, man. So it'll be fun watching, watching you on your journey of making an impact on stage. Um, so social media. So yeah, you actually helped us uh, significantly kind of launch and, and, and get this thing going. And so what uh, for the business owners that are that are listening? What what are a uh, what are a couple things that that uh, I, I know you have much longer presentations around this, but is is social media important for them to be marketing on? There's probably a lot of people that have tried social media marketing and like eh, it's it's not worth the time. It doesn't make sense for my business. But yeah, t- tell me about that. Like, what, is is it relevant? And it, the way the world's going. Why would it be critical if it is critical to, to, to be invested in social media marketing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I, I get that question a lot. The number one question I get is, is typically there's two, two questions I get. Number one is, is either I know social media is important. I just don't know where to start. Or the second question is I've tried social media before and it's failed. And so I don't know what I'm doing wrong because in the back of their mind, They look and they see other businesses succeeding on social media. They see the political process influenced by social media. They see their kids influenced by social media. They see their wives and friends influenced by social media. So there's no question that social media can influence behavior. There's zero uh, um, question whether that's the case. So the first question I help people with is answer where to start. And we've got some basic frameworks on exactly where to start. We help them answer two fundamental questions that changes everything. And most people are starting the wrong way. The question they ask is, how do I promote my business? And you remember in in Maine, they have a great saying, you can't get there from here, apparently because the lakes and the bodies of water. If you ask the question, Hmm. how do I promote my business? You're already starting out on the wrong foot. The question you need to ask is, who's my ideal uh, customer and what problems do they have? What problems do they have that I can solve or that I can help them with? Because when you start to take a real close look at your customers and really get clear on the problems they have, you can start coming up with solutions. So we had somebody in our workshop. She's like, okay, so help me with this. I've got a boutique in Laguna Beach and COVID hit. And she says, everything's shut down. So, So how do I promote my business? So first thing, get rid of that question. Ask the question, who's your ideal customer? What problem do you solve? And she goes, okay, got it. My ideal customer is a woman right here in Orange County in Laguna Beach. And the problem that she has is number one, she's stuck at home. She's disconnected from her friends and she still wants to shop. So I said, great, let's do a Facebook live, a virtual fashion show, give them an opportunity to connect, give them an opportunity to be uh, entertained and give them an opportunity to shop online and over the phone. She says, how much does that cost? I said, it's free. We showed her some of the basic tools. We got her up and running. That carried her through COVID. And as a result of free virtual workshop, or free virtual uh, fashion shows, she was able to attract customers from all over the world. Her business boomed during a time when everybody was on their tail, figuring they've got to lay off employees to do those things. And it all started from one question. Instead of 
How do I promote my business where you just hit this dead end? It's who is my customer? What problem or problems can I solve? It sounds easier than it is, but once you really get clear on what their problems are in plain English, the answers oftentimes fall right out like a, like a ripe apple. You just go, oh, I know what I'm going to do. It's great. That's yeah, a key. We just, did a, we just did a whole strategy session yesterday for, for two-day CEO, and we're, we're launching uh, the book was launched, but we're, we're, we're doing a, we're really going to focus on growing the brand. And that was, that's the first question, right? First question we start out is, Hey, what's the avatar? Who is the person, uh, that we're looking to market to and what are their pain points and what are their struggles? What are their challenges? What are their goals? And then now we know how, like how to really, like, cause we have something, if you have something that's valuable, if you have something that would make a difference in someone's lives, it's your responsibility to make sure that you do a, a great job marketing it and that That's you are it. hitting on the right pain points and you're giving it to them where they uh, that you're communicating in a way where they can they can they can grasp it. And so but first, you have to know your customer. You have yeah. to know who they are specifically. And again, with two day CEO, I wanted to go broad. Right. My natural tendency is like, well, everybody could use this. Right. It's like, ah, no, who who specifically What's their age range? What's their background? Where do they live? Like, who are they? And we go down this whole exercise. So I love the, I yeah. love that exercises, uh, that exercise when, when, when strategizing for marketing and branding yeah. and, and taking the company to the next level. That should, that should be, a, if you don't know your avatar and you're on this call, get clear on who your avatar is, who your core customer is and get clear on their, their traits, where they buy, how they buy the whole, the whole thing. You can look up, uh, I think the two day CEO book that I have, yeah, we have it on the resource page, two day CEO.com. There's a resource and there's, I think there's an avatar template uh, in there. So yes. uh, love it. Love it. And what, what, yes. and then what's, what's, what would, you, what would you say is the second thing that you do before we kind the, of wrap up? Yeah. The, the second thing is one of my favorite frameworks is um, making an offer. A lot of times people say, well, I, I'm on social media, but it's just not working. And then we'll look. And for the first question we, we get them to a- answer is who's your customer and what problems do they really have? One of the key questions is it's a basic framework, but we teach us at our workshop and we go deeper in our course is, does, means, is, does, means. And here's how it works. Let's say it's a two day CEO or let's say it's Rise Up Kings, right? Um, If I was going to pitch Rise Up Kings to an ideal customer, I would tell them what it is, what it does for them, and then what it means to them, what it means for them. And the reason is first, you want to tell them what it is. It's a three-day experience, an experience that's going to transform your life. It's this, this, and this, and this. What it does for you is it does X, Y, and Z. There's critical thinkers that really want all the nuts and bolts. They want the A, Bs, and Cs. Like, don't, don't give me all the emotional stuff. I'm an analytical person. I want to know what it does for me. And so being specific about that solves 50% of the audience's challenge when you tell them exactly what it does. It'll help you show up for your family. And it's this exact framework and this, this, this. That's what it does. What that means is you'll show up with more power, more strength, more conviction, more certainty in life, right? And then you hit on the the emotional part of it. So when we teach people basic frameworks on how to pitch a software, on how to present their product or service, is, does, means is a really powerful framework that once they get it, they go, oh my gosh, I've seen this before. I've seen Tony Robbins do this. I've seen Grant Cardone, but now they have the same tools and the same frameworks as a small business owner, they can tell you exactly what their software does, is, does, and means. Gives them a whole new level of confidence and skill and ultimately results. Love it. Just took some notes on that. That's powerful. Very simple too. And that's actually, I, th- I think some of the best marketing does that. The way you just laid it out, the best marketing, people do this backwards. Hey, what, what does it mean, right? They start out, the, 
backwards. The way that structure is beautiful. Uh, I'm just thinking of a couple of pieces of marketing that we have that I, I may adjust uh, <laughs> based based on that. Uh, a lot of times it'll help with couples too, or partners, because one partner says, I'm more the analytical person. And the other person is ready to say, yeah, they're just get excited. They're emotional. They're like, I love this thing. Is, does, means is a very powerful framework. And we teach you know, a dozen or so frameworks from beginning to end to try to solve some of those problems. Here's where to start. Here's what to say exactly. And here's how to produce customer getting content. Because the third question is, I don't have any time. I know I need to do it, but I'm super busy. I don't have any time. So I'm busy. All of my clients are busy. So we've developed frameworks that in one hour, they can produce 12 weeks of customer getting content. Mm. And so that's really where we're focusing right now because you can get super fancy, but if you don't know who your ideal customer is, you don't know what to say, and you're not making the time to actually create the content, create the ads, you're dead in the water. Forget about targeting and retargeting. We teach all that. But as I was teaching all that, I kept running the same problem. They go, now that I know how to do that, I still don't have the time to do it. Or they would still struggle with those basic questions. So we attack those things in our workshops and our courses. And we've, the great. results have been fantastic. Love it. Love it. Well, we're... Uh... Scott, I appreciate it, brother. It's always fun talking to you. There's, uh, I could spend hours, actually, maybe after this podcast, I have some questions I want to brainstorm with you on. Awesome. But uh, what, uh, what, what, where can people find you? So where can they find you? Where can they find what you offer? Yes. So if anybody is, one of the biggest questions I ask is, can you help me with my social media? And the answer is yes. If you go to smart90social.com, S-M-A-R-T, the number 90, social.com, you will see our social media certification course. And what it is, is it's a 10 week program. Uh, you get an annual license for you and your team. It's a software, it's a set of videos and a set of worksheets that walks you through step-by-step step on how to start your social media, how to launch your social media campaigns and how to put everything together. What it does is it educates you and your entire team so everybody can get walked right through the program. They can all be on all the calls. We even include coaching. And the third part of it is the actual coaching. We have weekly live coaching calls to complement the social media course. So finally, if you're a business owner, you can educate your whole team, have the confidence to know that there's people there to support you every step of the way. Smart90social.com. And if they're listening to the Rise Up Kings, we have a discount code. Instead of it being, what is it, close to 3000 bucks for your listeners or anybody that's part of the Ruck community, if you type in SMART90, all caps, S-M-A-R-T, the number 90, you get 90% off um, if you're a Rise Up Kings uh, podcast listener. And you yes, can be a part of that. I remember that. Okay, we, we recently had just a part of our community in our, in our mastermind and totally forgot you gave us that massive discount on that. And, and by the way, I've, I've heard some good things uh, from multiple people on, on the quality awesome. of that and the value you provide, including the free coaching calls, which I was surprised you were even willing to, to offer that. That's but we that's threw those pretty... in for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> that, that was surprising. That was surprising. I'm like, Hey, you know, I had multiple people say, Hey, I'm working with, you know, Scott, I'm like, Oh, wow. You, you know, you're doing coaching with him. He's like, no, that's, it's a part of the free, uh, free thing he offered. I'm like, Oh, wow. That's, that's some freaking value right there. Way, way to yeah. provide value, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, brother, I appreciate you being on, on the, on the show. And I hope, uh, yeah, I, I hope you. Uh, we end up seeing you on on TV, uh, speaking and, and sharing it at, at, at events and seminars. I, I think you have a powerful message to share, and uh, just your journey's been awesome. It's been it's been very inspiring, and so uh, thanks again for uh, being willing to share that on on the show. And yeah, I look forward to the continued journey, my friend. 
My pleasure. I want to thank you and you particularly um, early on when I first joined Entrepreneur Organization, you were the first person to reach out and we got lunch. I remember you came by the office. We went uh, to lunch. You've been an enormous influence in my life, uh, my kid's life. I can't thank you enough. I really, really do appreciate you. And I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Skylar Lewis fan. I really do uh, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in for more episodes, which come out every other week. Click the subscribe button to become a part of the Rise Up Kings tribe and check out the three-day experience at riseupkings.com.